the 21st of February, 2008, episode 95. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. One of the things we talk a lot about on this show is preparation. Uh, we do research, we make a plan of attack to get certain design jobs done. Uh, we talk to the clients beforehand and make sure we know what they want. Uh, this Today's podcast is going to be all about preparation and really kind of uh, nipping problems in the bud before they happen. Uh, I've gotten some feedback on the forum and also some things that I've been going through lately that I'm going to share. And it all has to do with things that might be able to be avoided if you plan a little bit better in advance and make sure that these things don't happen or if they do happen that you have some recourse because you actually made a plan for it you know before it actually happens so that's what we're going to be talking about today on the show before we get into the thick of it a um, couple of news items first of all for those of you who were contest winners uh, there were several of you uh, i know the grand prize winner already got their prize and that was of course the uh, wacom tablet So uh, congrats on that, and I hope you're enjoying it. I'm sure you are. And the other people, you should have books coming to you in the mail. If they have not arrived yet, they should be there shortly. So hopefully it's something you can use. Uh, Like I said, I just kind of randomly threw books into envelopes and sent them out. So if it's something that doesn't really pertain to what you do, uh, I apologize, but maybe you can sell it or give it to somebody who can use it and... uh, well, at least it'll do someone some good. So if you haven't received those yet, it should be in the mail. And uh, thanks everybody one more time for participating in that. And thanks everybody for participating in this podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing, uh, telling your friends about it if you do that. And hopefully you do, because uh, we like to run a couple of programs here, one of which is the Tell a Friend program. That's where I just ask you guys to tell somebody that you think would would get something out of this podcast. If it's a, a design student, somebody at work, any any other person that you think might get something out of this, please tell them where it is and how to download it or how to subscribe because that's how we build our uh, our listener base. I don't get to actually advertise this thing or anything like that. Um, so we go bas- basically on word of mouth. So one other exciting thing, um, if you go into iTunes and you look in the education section, they have like um, the top 50 or whatever that that are, uh, I guess, recommended. I forget what they call it, but we've been in that for at least a couple of weeks now. And I've seen the uh, number of subscribers jump in the last couple of weeks too. So that's good news as well. Just means more people listening, more people on the forum, and uh, more people participating in this thing that we're doing here. So good, good news. All right. So uh, one last thing. On the forum, there is a new section called jobs. And this is something I put up there. Somebody is actually asking about it, but maybe an area where we could put jobs up. Like if we hear about a job and we can't necessarily do it, maybe it's not in our in our field, in our field of expertise that is. Maybe you're a print designer and there's a web job you know about. You can put this up here and maybe give some other people who go on the forum a chance to be able to find, you know, apply for that job or make a bid on it if it's just a contract job. So, uh, I actually started this off while well, I'm the first one to put a job up there. Uh, I noticed somebody else went up and already said that they would like to accept jobs. Uh, not really what that's for, but uh, I guess maybe if you wanted to put something up there and say, this is the kind of work I do, maybe then if somebody has a job in mind, they might be able to go and contact you because they already know that that's what you do. But 
the job that I put up, uh, I've been really busy lately. Uh, if you couldn't notice, because this podcast is coming a week late and now it's coming late on the day that it was due. I apologize for that. But because of that, uh, I, I recently said that I started working with a marketing company. So I've kind of been dropping off some of the clients that I've personally found on my own. Some of the ones that, that I'm just kind of cutting the slack. You know, I have certain clients that I'm probably going to keep and, and keep on working for because they're clients that, you know, I've been with a long time and that, that I need to, I need for me to keep working for. They, the pay is good and all that kind of stuff. They give me good jobs. Other ones, not so much. You know, I had to pick and choose. It's not to say that these are bad clients and I'm definitely not saying that. So, so please don't take it that way. But there's a client that I released recently and they need someone to pick up the slack. So, uh, the one downer with this one is you need to be in the area. You need to be in the San Diego, California area because uh, this particular client likes to do face-to-face meetups. They like to talk with the person face-to-face about the projects and, and get it done that way. So if you are in this area and you're interested, what they're doing right now, they're looking for somebody to help them redesign their company website. So basically you need to know HTML and CSS. Uh, it's not going to be real dynamic, so you don't have to be like PHP or JSP or ASP or anything like that. It's it's going to be pretty basic, but uh, you do need to know some Flash and absolutely need to know HTML, CSS, and, and just good web design practices. So if that's something you think you can do, uh, just shoot me an email, adam at rookiedesigner.com, and I'll put you in touch with the, the company. And you can go from there and see if it's something that might work out for you. And uh, I, I'll definitely say that if if they like the work that you do on the website, they'll probably give you a lot more work because um, that's kind of how I started off. I, I made one thing for them and then all of a sudden they, they were giving me jobs pretty consistently. They're not always big jobs like that, but you know, little one-offs here and there that'll make you some decent money. So if you're interested, shoot me an email. And that's really what that section is for. If you know something like that, you have... Um, maybe a, a client that you heard of that's looking for something in particular and it's not something that you want to do or can do, maybe you can throw it up there and see if anybody that uh, participates in the forum can do it. All right, the last thing is uh, this podcast is being brought to you by GoToMeeting. And GoToMeeting gives you a great way to connect with others and and meet and be able to show them your ideas, but you don't have to make them come to you. It's very cost-effective because they don't have to drive or fly to you to be able to see what you're talking about you just have them log in to a browser or through a browser and they can see everything that's on your desktop. And basically it's like screen sharing. So you're talking, you're having a conversation over the phone, but also on their browser, they, they're seeing basically video of you, whatever it is you're doing on your desktop. So that's great if you need to show somebody some proofs, if you need to get something approved or maybe have a discussion about, you know, maybe you're building a website or something, you can do it instantaneous, instantaneously that way. And it's very cheap too, because you pay one fee, you don't pay per the hour or per the meeting, just one fee and you can meet as many times as you want. So if you want to try it out, just go to gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. That's gotomeeting.com slash tech podcasts. And uh, you'll be able to try it for 30 days for free. You just need to fill out this one little form and, and you'll be able to download it and try it. It's a great piece of software. So um, also, if you just go to, the, the, to our site at rookiedesigner.com, uh, you'll find a banner that you can click on to get there as well.
So as I have been doing lately, I wanted to kick off this episode by going into the forum and talking about a couple of things that I found in there that I thought were good things for, for everyone to hear about and maybe give my take on it as well. Uh, the first one is uh, it's talking about taxes and it says Adam spoke in his last podcast about writing off pro bono volunteer work, uh, time he donated to a charitable organization. I have a ton of that this year and would like to be able to do this, but I can't find an IRS reference or the exact details of where this comes under. Um, this you can do. Uh, somebody went up there and said that they didn't think that you could do it, but you can actually. And uh, Camaro kind of went into it a, a little bit. It says you're going to need some some sort of evidence to provide. You need to show, be able to show them that you can that you actually did this work. And they're saying, you know, you know, otherwise other, everyone would say, oh yeah, I did this work, blah, blah, blah. Here's how much it was. Let's write this off. Uh, you obviously can't do that. Um, the best way or the way that Camaro says to do, I think the most bulletproof way of doing it is billing the agency, then donating all the money back and getting a receipt, which basically, I mean, you don't have to really, money does not have to exchange hands there. Basically all you need is you need a contract signed by them saying that you did the work for them. You need an invoice that will be in their records as well. And you should always do this stuff anyways. And then you're going to have a receipt from them of the work done. And that pretty much proves that you did this work. You spent this amount of time. It costs this much money, but you donated it. You didn't actually accept the money from them. Um, uh, Camaro goes on to say that, that hmm, I think it actually kind of goes against what I just said. It says that you do actually need to get paid the money and then donate it back. I haven't had this and this is something I don't know all the details and I certainly don't know if there's a certain form that you have to fill out for this because again, I use a tax guy. I don't want to even think about this stuff. So I just send all my info to him and he takes care of it. But um, from what I've got from him, I don't necessarily have to be paid by the company and then give it back to them. Basically, all I need is proof that I did the work and there needs to be proof on both sides, of course. You know, I have to have them sign something that say uh, says I'm doing the work and it costs this much, and then I need to have some sort of receipt from them saying that 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 job was completed, those hours were actually worked. So, um, uh, I'm going to say I'm not 100% sure on that, but it's been working for me so far. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that that it should work that way. But um, Again, you should be doing this every single time. If you're working for nonprofit and you're doing it for free, always, always, you always want to have at least, at the very least, you want to have some kind of document saying that what you're going to be doing, how much it usually would cost or how many hours you're going to spend on it. And and just kind of stipulate those things that you would usually stipulate if, if you were getting paid. Because just because you're doing it for free doesn't mean that they can jerk you around. So if you say you're going to spend 10 hours on it and your 10 hours is up and they're still trying to make more changes and this and that, you don't want them to waste any more of your time than you're willing to, to volunteer to them. So it's always good to do these things, you know, get that contract signed in the first place and do the same things, go through the same routines that you would with anyone else by maybe having them sign off at different stages so that you don't backtrack at any point. Um, always important to do those things. But uh, as far as the tax thing goes, you know, I know everybody can't afford it, but I would always suggest taking it to, to a professional to let them do it because there's a lot of complicated things that go along with write-offs and, and all the rest of the things that go along with your business. So, you know, most businesses, 
most established businesses don't do their own taxes. You know, they have somebody that does the books for them. And I recommend doing that just so that you're, you're making sure you're taking advantage of all the things that you can write off and you're making sure that uh, everything is, is being done correctly. The next one I have here, uh, it's called rush orders. And it says, I've been thinking about charging my clients a rush fee. Do you charge for rush orders? If so, how much? And uh, somebody responded here, actually, it was Kitty that responded saying, usually I charge additional between 20 and 30% of the actual rate of the project, depending on the client. Uh, totally agree with this. If somebody's making you do something way faster than it should be done, it, which happens a lot, you know, because people tend to make up their mind and then change their mind and then change it again. And and they decide finally that they need something, but they need it yesterday. I mean, this is, this is the case all the time. This happens at my work all the time. And I always have to be the person that goes to the printer and says, uh, I'm sorry, you know, this kind of got thrown on me, but can we get this done in a week instead of three weeks? You know, so this stuff happens and you'll find that many, many businesses out there do charge for having to rush it because that means you're having to put it ahead of other projects that might be in your queue already. So I think it's completely understandable to charge an extra fee. Uh, 20 to 30 sounds pretty good to me. I think I usually do between 10 and 20. It just depends. It depends on a lot of factors for me. It depends on the client and how much business they give me, you know, factors like that. Um, do I need to charge them a lot more because, you know, they're, they're a bad client or they're somebody who doesn't give me a lot of work? Or do I have like a million things going on right then and this is going to cut into something else and possibly lose me money on a different job? Then I might charge a little bit more, but that's kind of just, those are the things that you have to figure out for yourself. But I would say absolutely. If somebody's making you do something quicker and it's cutting into your time or it's making you work harder, which it will, or spend more more time in one day on it, then I would say it's absolutely acceptable to charge them a, a rush fee. All right, the last one I have here is kind of getting us into the topic that I wanted to talk about today. And uh, this is from the member Mush. It says, Ugh. How can I get my customers to give me content, money, and contracts back in a timely manner? It's driving me crazy. Uh, I have one client that, say, that has been saying he's sending me initial payment and has signed the contract. First, it was the person I gave it to uh, no longer works for me. Then it was, do you take debit? So basically, they're, they're just getting all kinds of excuses as to why they're not getting paid or they're not getting things back. And uh, this is... I guess I'm going to say I don't really have an answer to how you fix these things now. My thing is always pre-planning and getting these things figured out beforehand so that if something like this arises, then you have you have a plan of action for it because these things do happen. You know, people, and it's not always their fault. It's not always them trying to get out of paying you or, or being a bad client. Sometimes it's just they're busy, you know. Their business is not all about, you know, the design that you're doing for them. That's probably one of the minor things in the business that they do from day to day. So first of all, I'd say have a little understanding sometimes. I mean, you can tell when somebody's dodging you and, and being a bad client, you can usually tell the difference between that and then somebody who maybe just is busy. So um, having an open mind about that thing, I think is, is job number one. Really what we want to do is make sure that we, we make a plan of attack for this beforehand though. And for things like getting paid after your work is done, I think this is one of the easiest things to nip in the bud before it actually happens. 
And um, if you look, I have a contract that's up on the Rookie Designer site. Let me find it. It's under support. If you hit the support navigation tab at the top. And then on the right-hand side, it says free downloads. And in there, there's a template for a freelance design contract. Um, I'll put this out there again. It's not the best contract ever written. Uh, I'd never, I didn't have any lawyers look at it or, you know, it's just stuff that I picked up from, from other contracts on the web, things that I thought would work for me. And they have so far. One of the things I have in my contract is something that, that talks about the payment and you can do it a couple of different ways. Some people say you owe me all, you know, you're going to put down a deposit, which I always do. And I recommend that everybody does in case somebody bails out of the project. At least you have some money to show for it. Uh, the second thing is how you receive the rest of the payment. When is the rest of the total due? Um, there's a couple different options here. You can say, I need the rest of the money before I give you the final design, the final files or whatever it is they need before I put the final version of the website up, you know, up live or whatever it is. You need to get that money beforehand. I usually don't do it that way. That makes it rough on the business, but that is definitely a way to get them to pay before, you know, they're not going to get the work until they pay. So if you're having a major problem with a client, maybe that's the way you need to do it with them, you know, starting from here on out. The other way is the way that I like to do it. And that is I give them a, a period of time to pay. So on the day that the job ends, I send the invoice out. It has that date on it. And from that date on, the, the date that's on the invoice, I give them, I don't even know what's on my contract anymore, two weeks or three weeks, something like that. Um, most of my clients have paid in a timely manner, so it never really came to this. Um, but basically, I give them you know two weeks or so from that date. And when that date hits, when that two weeks is over, then they start incurring another charge, which is, again, I don't even know what's on my contract. I guess maybe I should look at it. But it's something like 15% or it's some percentage of the total. Let me look at it. I'm bringing it up right now. Okay, so it says, oh, 15 was a little high. It says finance charge of 1.5% per month. So basically, uh, what did I give them? I gave them 15 days to pay. So basically, they have 15 days, and uh, after that 15 days is over, each month they're going to incur a 1.5% charge. So 1.5% of the total due, that'll be, you know, added on to their, their total. So they have to be a super slacker and not pay me for a long time to actually incur that charge. You might want to accelerate that a little bit more. I think just the fact that it says something about if you don't pay within this amount of time, you're going to be charged more. That's usually going to be enough incentive for people to pay. But if it's not, then maybe you do need to bump that up. Maybe you do need to get the payment, you know, before you give them the the completed project. So um, that's again just something kind of for you to to decide. And again, on a case by case basis, it, it might be different for one client versus another client. So that's just something that you kind of have to judge on your own. How good are they at paying, or how bad are they at paying, and uh, what kind of things do you need to do to make sure that that uh, it happens on time or you know, on, on a schedule that you can live with, because let's face it. I mean, if this is your business, if this is the money you're paying your bills with, obviously you need to have it on time. Uh, you need to have it when you're expecting to have it. So, uh, a couple of good ways to get that done. Uh, as far as contracts, I, I can't really say that there's a great way to get those things back. I mean, this is before the project is even started. So, um, 
it really depends on how badly they want that job to, to be started. You know, if it's something they need right away, obviously they're probably going to do it because you're going to say, well, I can't start this job until the contract is signed. And please, please always say that. Don't ever start a project and be like, oh, well, they'll get it to me, you know, in a week or so or in a couple of days. Don't do that. It's, it's just setting you up for somebody bailing out of a project or somebody, you know, something happening and you, you already did some, you already did some work on it and you haven't been paid a deposit. You don't have any kind of agreement that says that they need to pay you anything. And now you've just wasted some of your time. So please always get that contract signed before you start the job. And that way you can uh, cover your ass that way. Um, content. How do you get your customers to give you content? This one kind of goes along with the contract as well. And if you haven't gotten this theme yet, the contract is the key piece right here. You need to get that signed. It needs to have the right information in it. So make sure that you're doing these things before you start that job. Um, getting content from somebody. I think I've talked about this before. And again, we kind of go back to that. Well, it's not the most important thing on their plate, probably, especially if they don't have a marketing person. You might be talking directly to the owner of the business or the, or the president or whatever their title is, you might be talking to that head honcho. And obviously they have a lot more things that are probably more important than, you know, getting you the content that you need, unless that's priority number one for them to get this job done. But you want to force them to give you content. I mean, you can't, it, it's probably not a good idea to, to just send them an email, you know, just email the hell out of them until they give you something. Cause that's going to be annoying. What you need to do is have this in the contract. First off, you're going to have some kind of completion date. Uh, a deliverable date. And when you need content and they're not getting back to you, then you can send one email, maybe one a day, if it's that bad, maybe, you know, one every other day saying, I need this A, B, and C from you. And if I don't get it by this date, then the deadline, the deliverable date for this project is going to be moved back this amount of time. So if you need images from them, you need content from them, you can say, if I don't get these things by tomorrow, then the deliverable date for this thing is going to be pushed back a week because I have other things on my plate, blah, blah, blah. You can tell them whatever you want to tell them. But basically it comes down to the fact that we signed a contract that says this is when you're going to get the finished product. Well, to, to, be, to stay on that schedule to give you that thing at that certain time, I'm going to need you to give me these pieces right now. And that is the best way that I know to do it. Um, everybody's about schedules. Business is, is very schedule oriented. You know, they, we set deadlines for a reason because people need things at certain times. And if they really do need it, then, then they'll respond to that. If they don't need it, then, then good luck to you because they can just drag their feet as long as they want to. And there's not really that much you can do about it. I mean, you can bug them and bug them until they finally give it to you. But maybe when that job's done, maybe they don't come back to you again because they thought you were really annoying because you kept bothering them about them giving you stuff. And from our side, I, I can totally understand that, that we see it as, man, you know, I'm trying to do this job. I'm trying to get it done, but they, I haven't heard from them in two days. And I asked for this thing like last week and it's really annoying. It totally is. But again, sometimes you got to look at who you're working for. Is it somebody that has the time to do this? You know, if it's important to them, they'll do it. But, you know, it, it could be a very insignificant thing as far as what the rest of their job entails. So just keep that in mind, I guess. And I think the bottom line with this thing is um, if you have somebody who uh, a client who is habitually late 
giving you your money, giving you a signed contract or getting content to you. Maybe when you're done with that particular project, you need to reevaluate the uh, relationship you have there and say, you know, do I really need this client? Because if I don't, they're really annoying and and I don't really like working for them because they take so long to get everything done. I mean, if it's something that, that you don't mind, then fine. You know, maybe you just get a break here and again in between things. But um, if it's something that you can't really work with, that it's kind of messing with your schedule, then maybe that's a client that you need to drop. The keys to the game. For a key command today, I'm going to jump back into the toolbar. And uh, we were talking about before, it's good to know some of the, the key commands to just jump into a new tool. And they're very easy. And of course, the best way to do it is just to you know learn these things and try and use it as much as you can, because it's really gonna speed you up if you don't have to grab the mouse and go over to the toolbar and pick a new tool. It's, it's a lot easier this way. So uh, I'm, I've been trying to go over some of the, the tools that you use all the time, because those are the ones that you really should know um, we're not going to know all of them because some of them we rarely use anyways, but these ones I think are pretty easy, uh, pretty easy to remember as well. And they happen in multiple different um, uh, applications as well. So the first one is the crop tool and that one you'll find in Photoshop and that is just C, C for crop. So that one's pretty easy to remember. Um, the next one is the pen tool and the pen tool is P, P is in pen. And that one, of course, you can use in Photoshop, in Illustrator, in InDesign, in several, several. I think also in Flash, it's P as well. Um, so a good one to know. And the last one is the text tool. Text tool is T, T for text. And that one, again, happens in several different applications. So just knowing these three and, and the other ones that we talked about before, like the, the, uh, the selection tools and those ones, I think will give you a, a, a good base of key command key commands to use for tools to be able to jump back and forth real quick and uh, speed up your workflow. All right, for the second half of this episode, I wanted to talk about something that's been kind of happening at work. And it's funny because it's been, well, it's not funny, but it's been happening with both my work and also uh, a couple of the other things that have been going on with the rest of my team. Uh, the rest of my team are all uh, Java developers. So they actually write the applications. They write the back end of the website that I work on. And I kind of work on the front end and what it all looks like and the navigation, how people get around. Um, when you're in a larger company, it doesn't even have to be a large company, I guess, but a larger company, you uh, have to go through certain practices, a certain routine, a certain process to get things done. And this is all meant to make it so that things go smoothly. Um, the time is budgeted correctly. You get to, uh, you actually draw up a roadmap of the year or at least the quarter, which would be the next three months. And, and that tells you what's going to be done and when it's going to be done. And it usually plays out pretty well. You know, you get things done when you say they're going to be done. It's kind of like quoting a job and saying, well, this is going to take me this many hours. I have this many hours to work, you know, in, the, in a week. So this is going to take me three weeks. So that way, you know, I'll be done with this by then. So I can start another job then. And you can take that job on before you're done with the one that you're currently working on. Same kind of idea. So for this process, uh, we of course include the marketing team because, uh, well, the sales team actually kind of drives what we, what the features are that we make for the website, because a client will say, well, do you have this? Cause I really need this. And the salesman will come back to the marketing people 
and they'll say, okay, that sounds like something that would be useful. Um, here's how we're going to spin it, you know, to make it something that makes our product better. And under marketing, there is also the uh, product manager. And in our case, the product is the website. Uh, people buy, um, people buy a device at my work. Anyways, they buy a device that you stick in the car and it shows you the location of the car. It does GPS. It also extracts information from the engine computer, which tells you like how fast you're going, um, how much gas, how, what the miles miles per gallon is, how, how much time you're, you spend idling and things like this, uh, really doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there for, for our discussion, but so our product is the website and how it works. And this product manager is the guy that kind of drives all the projects. He says, okay, we need this certain piece and it needs to do this, this, and this. So he writes up whole, a whole spec that says, okay, we need this page and this page, and it has to do A, B, and C. And then we need this page has to do A, B, and C. And this is kind of what we would like it to look like. And basically it's a plan of attack. It's the same thing that you would do if you had a, a freelance job and you went and you met with the client and you did your research and you knew, okay, here's the problem I need to solve. You would kind of, you're not always going to write up a spec for it, but you're at least going to get an idea in your head or maybe jot some notes down that says, okay, I need to make, you know, a flyer. It needs to have these components on it. And, um, this is how we're going to deliver it. And, you know, you got to think of all the things that you need to do for that project, because all of these things, first of all, are going to take a certain amount of time. And once you know all the, the elements to the project, then you can kind of get a better idea of how long it's going to take you. And then that helps you, you know, figure out how much you're going to charge the client, blah, blah, blah. Of course, we don't do these steps here because everybody's salaried, but it's the same kind of idea, right? You're making a plan of attack and it's going to be as precise as it can be so that you can flow through it and just get the job done and not have to worry about thinking about, oh, wait, how was I going to do this when you're in the middle of the project? You don't ever want to be like that. And you need to, to kind of come up with requirements. What's going to be required to get this job done? Because we don't want to have something that's, you know, set in stone here that we're going to work off of and everything's going to go smoothly. And then in the middle of the project, you have the client say, well, I would like this as well, you know, and this could be just about anything. It could be something very simple, you know, and we deal with that a lot. We send some, we send something to the client and they say, uh, I don't really like this, this, and this, you know, can you change the color, change the font size, something like that. Okay. That's easy stuff. No big deal. But you don't want some big, huge requirement coming in, in the middle of this project that affects all the things that you've maybe done already up to that point. That's going to cause big problems. And even, you know, what we're talking about here for my work is we get the spec, you have a meeting on the spec, you go back and you say, we will do A, B, and C. We don't want to do D, E, and F, you know, or we can't get these done in the amount of time that you're asking. So there's kind of a little give and take there. And then the spec gets rewritten again. And the spec is something that everyone agrees on. And once everybody agrees on it, then, okay, it's go time. We're going to start on this project. And once that happens, things can't change. Like I just said, you can't, I mean, even if we haven't started this whole project, we've decided already what it's going to entail, how it's going to be done and the amount of time that it's going to be done in so that we have a delivery date. You can't come in after that's all been agreed upon and say, oh, we also need this because you're changing the whole entire spec again. 
So that's kind of what's been going on there. And uh, my side of it is, and just to show you how important these things are, uh, I, I've been working on a redesign of our public site, which means the part that, that you, anybody can see, because there's also a piece of our website where you have to log in to be able to see what's going on there. So this is all just the public pages where it tells everyone how great our product is and why they should use it. So I've been working on this for a couple of months now. You know, you do the regular things that you would do when you're building a new website. You're going to make the navigation structure of the site tree so that you know what pages there are and, and what sections they fall under and how you're going to navigate in between all of those different pages. Um, we come up with the page content, make the pages, blah, blah, blah. And a couple of things have happened, you know. First of all, I took a mock and got it approved. Now, this mock is just a Photoshop mock-up of what the website would look like exactly to the size that I'm going to make it with the colors that I'm going to use, the font sizes, at least in relation to everything is going to be somewhat what it's going to be. So I took that, I got it approved. Uh, it's been probably two months since then, maybe three months. Um, I've built up the website. It's to a point where it's not completely done, but it's done enough that you can see what everything looks like and you can navigate between pages. It looks exactly the same as the mock-up that I took and got approved yet now they want to change a b and c about this thing you know and some of those changes are very easy they want to change colors on the navigation piece they want font sizes to be different they want more white space in it not that hard you know especially if you use css which hopefully you do because that's what makes these things very easy i can go into one document change a couple of numbers or a couple of different attributes and all those changes are made within you know 10 minutes maybe so not a big deal, but the principle of the thing is, and this is kind of where we uh, get in that sketchy area when we're doing freelance with people. If somebody approves something, that means they give you the go ahead. That means what we're doing is this. So once you do that, when they come back to you and say, I don't like this, that's usually when we say, Hey, look at this. This is what I showed you. It looks exactly the same. You signed it and said that it was okay. So really, I don't have to do any of these changes that you're coming up with now. Or if I do do them, then I can charge you more because you're making me do extra work. Well, in my job, I don't have that luxury, you know? If they tell me they want to change the whole thing or scrap the whole thing, I pretty much have to do it because that's my job. Um, what it does, though, is it wastes my time. It wastes my time. It wastes the company's money. We're pushing the deadline back again because... You didn't tell me these things in the first place, so I didn't account for doing things twice, so it's going to take me longer now. It's very, very inefficient. Um, I don't think I really have to tell anybody that, but for some reason, they keep doing these things. So again, we're going back to trying to nip problems in the bud before they happen, and that's where we're talking about this spec, and that's where we talk about mock-ups. Um, in our case, a lot of times, it's going to be mock-ups and mock-ups only. If you're doing a website, I don't think it's a bad idea to come up with a spec or something. I mean, you're, you're, you're not just going to give them a mock-up of what it looks like on you know a page or three pages and just have them sign off on that and then go to work. You need to have things like a site map drawn up. You need to know certain things like how the navigation needs to be. I mean, you need to agree on these things because 
you know, a simple CSS rollover navigation is a lot different than one that uses JavaScript and has maybe a slide down menus or things like that. So these are things that need to be agreed upon because it decides how long it's going to take you to do these things. And just going back to that same thing, the more things that you can decide upon and agree upon before the job starts and get it in writing so that these people are held to that standard, the better off you're going to be in the long run. Because you have, you know, they come back to you and say, uh, I don't really like the way this is turning out. We should do it this way instead. Now you have those options to say, you know, you sign this and this is the way we were going to do it. So if you do want these changes, it's going to take me longer and I'm going to have to charge you more. And it's okay to say that. And don't ever be afraid to charge more if they're making you do things that are outside of the, the initial plan or the initial spec that you agreed upon, because that's just how business is. You know, they don't get to change their mind halfway through the game. But um, yeah, coming up with these things beforehand as much as possible is really, really going to help you out and it's going to make the job go more smoothly and it's going to help them to, it's going to force them to decide really what they want. Now, the other side of this is nobody really knows what they want until you make something almost completely and show it to them. You know, they're trying to tell me, well, you just gave me this mock. I can't tell how that's going to you know, function. I didn't have navigation that worked, blah, blah, blah. Well, that has nothing to do with how it looks. You saw exactly how it looked. And the way the website looks is exactly even to the size of what I had on the mock-up because I took it straight out of Photoshop and I put it into, you know, Dreamweaver or whatever. And I built the website that way. It looks exactly the same. Navigation. Yeah. You know, those are, those are things, those are issues that you're going to have to deal with. And you might have to go to someone else's website and say, do you want navigation like this where it kind of drops down and you can go to any page or do you want it like this where all it does is like change the color when you roll over it? You're going to have to do things like that. But as far as mock-ups, I mean, these are things that, that people can say, I can see this. I see the way it looks. I like the colors. Yes sign on the dotted line here, we can go ahead with this. And once they do that, then you can do it that way. And if they have changes to that, that's when you, you start getting, having discussions about more money. But, um, yeah, I guess the, the bottom line here is just trying to get as much of this stuff down get it agreed upon in the very beginning as you can, because that's going to give you more options if they do come back and say, you know, I don't like the way things are going, or I don't want to pay for this because it's not what I wanted. Uh, a number of things, you know, if people want to all of a sudden go with a different designer and there's another thing that we didn't cover, but having some kind of stipulation for what happens if the, the project is aborted, you can say, I keep your deposit. You can say, uh, you have to pay for the billable hours that were spent up to that point. There's a lot of different ways you can take that one as well. But if you have that in the contract and they sign the contract, then they're, they're bound by law to, to abide by it. Now, um, getting them to actually do that, if they refuse, might, might be more costly. You might not be able to afford to take them to court because they didn't pay for you know the, the flyer that you're supposed to make for them. But at least it puts it in there and, and gives you the ability to say, hey, you, know, you need to pay this because this is the contract that you signed. Now, that's what I call a rookie mistake. Because this whole episode is kind of like a rookie mistake, 
because I'm sure a lot of people have run into situations like this where maybe they didn't have a, a contract at all or didn't have a sound contract. Um, I just kind of wanted to add to it. And the addition would be try not to be a wallflower. Try not to be somebody who just goes with the flow and says, oh, well, you know, if you want me to change that, even though it wasn't in the you know initial spec or what we agreed upon, I'll just go ahead and do it anyways. Don't be that person. Don't be afraid to ask for more if they're asking for more. Your clients are probably going to expect the world from you and want to pay you as little as possible. So you're going to have to sometimes step in and say, hey, no, that's not right. Uh, I'm doing this extra work. You need to make sure that you pay me for this extra work. And it's not always the easiest thing for everyone to be able to do. You know, you're trying to please your customers to make them come back after you do your initial project with them. Uh, You want to have repeat business from them. But sometimes you do have to get firm. Sometimes you have to be uh, the bad guy and say, well, you know, this is not how things were supposed to go, you know, or things like the the stipulations that we put in our contracts to get people to pay on time. Uh, It doesn't sound nice that you're saying, you know, if you don't pay me within a couple of weeks, I'm going to charge you more makes you sound like the bad guy, but that's business. That's what you have to do to make sure that you get paid. And you'll find that most people do understand this. Anyone who's in business understands these things because they all go through the same types of things. So uh, just don't be that wallflower. Don't be, don't be too shy to, to assert yourself and say, hey, something's messed up here. We need to rectify this situation. And uh, I think you'll, you'll succeed a little bit better in your business. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. For a reference today, um, I'm not sure that I've done this one before. I hope I haven't. But uh, this is a good site, a good reference site, especially for those of you who do web design. We've been talking about web design a little bit today. Um, it is at sitepoint.com. And just a great, great resource. They have all kinds of articles that you can read. Um, there is stuff uh, just on design. So it's design and layout. They have uh, accessibility, design principles, practice, tips and tricks, software tutorials. So some good things you can find, but it's all pretty much uh, related to web design. Um, there's also tutorials for um, all kinds of things. HTML, CSS, JavaScript, uh, XML, ASP, CGI, PHP, anything you can think of really you're going to be able to find some information on these things. So, and a lot of times when I'm looking for something, I'll just Google it and I'll end up on this website anyways. So uh, it's a great one. And I actually, I've gotten some books from these people as well. So very, very good information, a great resource. Like I said, if you're doing web design at all, any kind, uh, this is probably going to be a place that you'd like to come. And once again, it is sitepoint.com. All right. So that's about it for this time. Uh, I hope this was useful information for everybody. I think uh, it's it's definitely something that everybody will go through at one point or another, having somebody, you know, lag at getting something back to them or or getting payment to them. And, and it's just it's just this thing that we got to keep in mind that everything there's a lot of work to be done before a project actually gets done before we actually start the project even you really need to cover your bases not only on things like making sure you're going to get paid but also you know of of course doing the research and having a good plan of attack so that the job goes smoothly and it and it gets done in a timely fashion it doesn't waste your time and it doesn't waste their money and uh, i think you'll have a lot more happy customers that are coming back to you so um a couple of things Uh, i think i forgot to mention the second of our ongoing uh 
ongoing plans here or ongoing things, and that is the YouShare program. And that's where I ask people to share with me. What, what do you guys want to talk about? And I've said, if you have recording equipment and you'd like to record uh, an audio file and send it to me, I'd be more than happy to play it in the show and actually talk about some stuff, uh, maybe respond to questions you might have or, or thoughts that you have about something design related. Uh, if you don't have that capability, then just email it to me or send it to me in a document or whatever. Uh, you can also put it up on the forum. There's, there's a couple of different sections where you can uh, suggest a topic for the show. And I hope you guys do that because I want to talk about things that you want to hear about. And hopefully I do a good job of that anyways. Uh, the other one again is tell a friend and just go ahead and tell anybody you think might benefit from listening to this podcast. Tell them where it is and how to get it. And I would be very, very appreciative of that. If you want to contact me, you can do so several ways. Uh, you can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can Skype me at username titanstrides. You can go to myspace.com slash rookiedesigner. And finally, you can go to the forum, rookiedesigner.com slash forum. And uh, I always recommend that, that if you're not signed up for that, that you go ahead and do so. There's hundreds and hundreds of great designers up there who are willing to share their information, help answer questions you might have, or just have a discussion about anything. Uh, I think I've proven that lately by reading some of the comments that we've had up there, that there is some good discussion going on up there. I think everybody can definitely benefit from talking to some of these people. And they're your peers. So they should be people that you're talking to anyway. So uh, definitely sign up for that. And uh, I want to thank everybody again for listening. Thank you for subscribing and, and keeping on tuning in. And uh, yep, that's about it for this time. So just remember that everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's high.